I recently, um, I recently put a bookshelf in my room, in my bedroom. So last night, as I, as I had put some books there and I was going to sleep, I went to sleep knowing that I had my sermon all planned. And as I went to sleep and I'm looking sideways, I see a book. And it changed my entire sermon at night. So forgive me, it's going to be a little bit choppy. It's not as well uh, organized as I wished it could be, but um, I hope it will be of benefit. So I, I saw this book, Ray of Darkness. Ray of Darkness. Ray of Darkness. It's, an, it's a paradox. A ray, you think light. You don't think darkness. A paradox is two opposites, two seeming opposites. And there was, um, and it reminded me of another individual who had a paradox that he said. Socrates, that famous philosopher, from long ago, he had a famous quote. I'm sure you've heard it before. He said, I am the wisest of all men because I know that I know nothing. He said, I am the wisest of all men because I know that I know nothing. Wisdom and knowing nothing are united in this quote, and it is a paradox. It, it's a way of confusing things, in a way. And we get confused and we get annoyed, but it's important that we understand the purpose of paradox. One can demand clarity and say, I want things to be clear, I don't want things to be obfuscated. Obfuscated. Obfuscated means to be unclear, obscure, giving you guys some SAT words. But today's Gospel contains another paradox. The paradox is that Christ shines this ray of darkness on the blind man. The ray of darkness. What is this? Abuna, what are you talking about? The gospel is light. The gospel is about light. The man was in darkness and now he is in light. It's not about a ray of darkness. It's about a ray of light. And yes, this is true. But what does this light of Christ lead him to? What does this light of Christ lead him to? It leads him down a very difficult path. First, the neighbors are like, is this the guy that used to beg? No, it's not him. It's somebody like, no, no. He's like, no, no, I'm, I'm the same guy that used to, used to beg and sit here. They, they, so basically, people were like, ah, we don't know this guy. I don't know if this is really the guy that we thought it was. Then the Pharisees, the people, he was outside the temple, and the Pharisees kind of subpoena him. They force him to come, and they interrogate him, and they interrogate him, and they interrogate him. And when they can't get answers out of him, they start to think, okay, no, this isn't, this isn't right, let's call the parents. The parents come. And you would think that parents who were happy that their child, who had been blind, could now see, you would think that the parents would support him and say, yeah, whatever he says, this is our kid. If he said somebody made clay and put it on his eyes and healed him, then he's telling the truth. But his parents, on some level, reject him or, or kind of push him aside and say, yeah, whatever, he's a babe, you can talk to him. He's, he's old enough, and so he doesn't have the support of his parents. He's thrown, at, ultimately, at the end, the, uh, the, the Pharisees, they come again, they say, look, give glory to God. Don't give glory to this man. Give glory to God. He, God is the one that does miracles. And he says, I, I don't understand what you guys are saying. I don't understand what you're preaching to me right now. And this sight that he has now, this clarity of sight, because it's not just his physical eyes, 
the story really is about his spiritual eyes. He says, I see what you guys are doing. And I don't like it. And I don't want to be a part of it. And then they end up cursing him. They say, You're out of, you know, get out of here. They throw him out of the temple. They throw him out of being part of the faith. They completely kick him out. His physical sight is restored and his spiritual sight is restored as well. Not only that he sees with his eyes, but now he sees with his heart. And his sight, his sight plunges him into a world of darkness. You just for a little bit, just, just stay with me here. And Rowan, this, this author, this book, who wrote this book, he wrote this book, some sermons of his, Rowan Williams, this is what the book club is, or not this book, another book by this author. He was the former Archbishop of Canterbury, um, very, very deep in his writings, and he talks about this ray of darkness. The ray of darkness was from an early saint, I'm not going to get into it, Dionysius, uh, the Areopagite. He's the one that had this term that he said, ray of darkness. But he says here, Rowan, he says, God's ray, whatever you want to call it, ray of light, ray of darkness, but God, God's ray, listen carefully to this, interrupts our blindness and our ignorance. It cuts through something as beams of light often do. God is the light of the world in His Son Jesus, yet the interruption the light that cuts through our, dark, our darkness is not a comfortable clearing up of problems and smoothing out of our difficulties and of, of those things that upset us. On the contrary, the light that Christ shines into us becomes a kind of vertigo. It makes me a stranger to myself, to everything I have taken for granted. I have to find a new way of knowing, a new way of knowing myself, of identifying myself, of talking about myself, of imagining myself. In short, when God's light breaks into my darkness, the first thing I know is that I don't know, and I never did. And it might sound like he's being unclear about what exactly the life of Christ does for us, but let's put it a different way. Unfortunately, 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 when we wake up too often, we feel ourselves as the center of the universe. Oftentimes, this is how kids wake up. It's all about me, me, me. When we grow older, it's about me and my spouse, me, my spouse, and my kids, me, my spouse, my kids, and my church, my work. But I have a very small world, and I'm comfortable in that world. Don't, don't tell me about anything outside of my world. I can only handle the things that are in my world. But when the light of Christ shines in me, I begin to realize that everything that I thought, everything that I saw, everything that I considered, my little universe is not what I imagined it to be. I see it differently. I see it differently. And this is what the point of this ray of darkness uh, is supposed to mean. Whatever makes the world new or strange, whatever forces me to see something different I have to recognize that maybe this is the light of Christ that is shining in my light. We like to take this story and we say, Christ, baptism, the light that comes to me is the Holy Spirit, and Christ is the light of the world, and uh, I, I, I was blind before, but now I can see all of these uh, cliches. 
forgive me for saying that. But the fact of the matter is that when the light of Christ shines in us, we have to make decisions, we have to make choices. We have to realize and see things differently according to the way God sees things. There's another, um, there's another way of looking at it. When we think about the light of Christ, we think about the life of Christ. Christ, who is the light of the world, ends up on the cross, suffering. Israel, even in the Old Testament, Israel, when they followed God, were led into the desert for 40 years and 40 and 40 difficult years, waiting for food to come every day in the morning, waiting for or begging God to have water come from a rock. It, it wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy life. When the light of Christ came to this man, it became a world of rejection. Even at the end, he's, he's rejected and Christ comes to him. He says, do you believe in the Son of God? He says, who, who is he? Who is he? He says, it's like, and he was looking, looking at all group of people, who is he? He doesn't even know. He says, it's, it's, it is I who's speaking to you, and he. And he, the man immediately worships him because he knows what was going on before. The world that he was involved in before was not, was in fact darkness. And now that he can see, he's going towards the light. But it still means a world of rejection, a world of pain. We just listen to... Listen to the light of Christ in the story of St. Mary the Shaddin that we just read. She lived alone in a, in, in, a, in a cell for 22 years. Listen to the light of Christ in the story of St. Beseda that we just read. He ends up being tortured three times. After one time, after two times, you say, God, just, just, just let me die. Why do I have to go through this? But three times, he goes through this patiently. Enduring this for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of Christ. What does so so let's ask ourselves this question. What does the spiritual sight look like in an ordinary person living in 2020 in Southern California? And everyone, according to his or her age, has to ask, what does the light of Christ or the spiritual sight mean for me? How does, what is it going to look like? When I walk out of here, what, does it, what is it going to look like? It means that my, my eyes are wide open to injustice, to hatred, to un, unjust judgment, the opposite of what God is, is calling us to be in this world. Our minds are open, our eyes are open to what is abusive, what is discriminatory, what is violent, Every work of evil that is rampant in our society, my eyes are open, I see what is going on, and I do not make excuses for it. Wrong is wrong. It's like when you, when you see one of your kids, you say, I see you, I see what you're doing. You know, It's not turning a blind eye to somebody doing something over there, whatever, I'm going to just mind my own business. It says, no, I'm going to be aware of this. Because when we allow blindness to creep in, then we start to see it less and less. But when we become super sensitive to sin, it affects us and we have to be affected in this world. A famous uh, singer 
he, he wrote this song and he said, um, I don't know why, I'm going to paraphrase the, the line, he said, I don't know why the newscasters can say the news without tears in their eyes. How, how is it that you can report about murders and wars and devastations and all that stuff and not have some sort of a, a pain going on inside of you? We need to have our spiritual sight opened and awake and aware again. And not only do I see what's wrong, I have to deliver it over to the one who can fix it, to the one who is the Redeemer. If I see somebody being treated wrongly, I have, if I can't do something about it myself, I have to pray about that person. You might be the only one who has witnessed something, some sort of uh, violence or abuse or issue. There might be one person or two people or whatever that you know things are not going well in, in their life and you're the only one that knows this and you're the only one that will pray for them. Prayer is not, is not weakness. Prayer is not giving up. Prayer is not like, okay, let God handle it. It's, it's mingling your heart with God's heart. It's allowing your heart to be pained by the same stuff that pains God. To say, God, we see, we know, we understand. Please help us. Please be merciful. Not only do I hand it over to God, but I intercede on behalf of those people who have been wronged. I intercede, God be merciful to them. And, and in this way, we can save those who might be like a Saint Paul. Saint Paul who is going down the wrong path. Who knows, prayers for an individual like that can switch him over to become a great saint, someone who is a wonderful instrument in the hands of God. And then finally, I have to focus on myself. I have to see myself as I really am. I have to say, God, allow your light to shine in me. Right? When I go in front of the mirror, when I look at myself, I, I see something. But probably what I see is, is a lot of imagination. I can go to the mirror and say, I'm a pretty good person. I'm a pretty good person. I don't do this, that, or the other thing. I, I'm okay. And I see what I want to see. But when the light of Christ shines, it shows us what we don't want to see. And it forces us to, to attend to those things that we don't want to see to change them. This is really the point. Do I want to see? Do I really want to see what's inside? Do I really want to go through all that work of having to clean up, of having to change, of having to work on myself, of having to be better? Don't I have enough problems in my life? Do I want more? Am I willing to go into that unknown, to have that ray of darkness shine on me so that I have to respond? This is the difficulty that this man goes through, and this is the difficulty that we have to accept if we want to really see, if we want really to have the light of Christ within us. May God's light shine within each and every one of us. May He open our eyes to see ourselves and to see our neighbors. And may He give us the ability to know what to do, to follow in the right path, even if it costs us our life, everything that we know to be, that we think to know to be real or true, even if it costs us all of that, may God guide us down that path. Because after the cross is the resurrection, and we know the resurrection full of joy, full of light, full of peace, all of that is waiting for us afterwards. So the ray of darkness becomes a ray of light. To God be the glory now and ever into age of all ages. Amen. Oh.